Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Barb Micheletti about aging and money. I found a few things fascinating about Barb. Uh, first, she was a financial advisor. Now she's a gerontologist. And she reminded me just now of how to pronounce her name, which I think is great. Uh, I'll have her tell us how you remember that. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Barb, thank you for coming on and welcome to the show. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me on your your podcast. I'm so excited to be here and really just, just being alongside other financial and insurance professionals, having been in the insurance industry for 13 years, it's it's just a pleasure to be here now as a consultant. You get it. And now remind people how to remember how to pronounce your name and then tell us a little bit more about what you do. Well, the funny thing is, is our name is just such a sweet sound, right? And so I'm very aware and very careful when I hear other people's names and how they pronounce their names. So for me, it's Italian. I go by Barb or Barbara, and my last name is pronounced Micheletti, but I often say it sounds like Michelobin spaghetti. That's right. <laughs> I thought that was so great. We had to have people remember that. People will not forget who you are <laughs> because of that. And we also don't want them to forget what we're talking about, which is aging and money. And of course, there's a lot of different things that we can get into. We've got three we're going to key on uh, to there. But uh, before we get there, tell us what is a gerontologist and what do you do every day now that you're not a financial advisor? Well, thank you for that, Jeremy. I've been a gerontologist for 25 years. And what's funny is it really hasn't gotten too much better as far as what is a gerontologist. So here is a gerontologist. We have geriatricians who are most likely, you've heard of a geriatric nurse or a geriatric mm -hmm care manager or something. So geriatricians are medical doctors. They go through regular medical school. Then they take additional training in the course of chronic diseases of a, of a human body. We gerontologists are not medical doctors at all. We are trained, scientifically trained on the biological, physiological, psychological, social, and cultural aspects of aging. And we focus on the older and elderly adult. Yeah, you got it. And I think what's interesting too, is you create a program because you're not just one person. Well, you are one person, but you can't talk to everybody, right? And so a lot of your work is talking to advisors of clients and help them help their own clients. And what's so interesting with the gerontology world, where it's related to age-related, is you were a financial advisor. And something you told me is that your goal is to help people prepare in advance for the inevitable age-related money issues. There's so much in there. There's age-related stuff. There's money issues. And it's inevitable a lot of times. And we want things done in advance. Mm -hmm. I, I threw a lot of things at you, but let's if you could talk about that. You did, but no, I'm on par with you. And the funny thing is, when I was that financial and insurance professional for all those years in the industry, I witnessed firsthand the devastating impact that aging issues and money can have on a person's portfolio and in their own private lives as well. And one of my stories that I often share, uh, at, you know, per Deidre, as you and I both know and work with Deidre, um, is my why story. One of my why stories is when I was an insurance agent, I was working with one of my clients, his name is Jerry, 
and Jerry was a road construction. He owned a road construction company and that was his baby. He had started it 20 years ago when I was working with him. And one day we were sitting down looking at his insurance policies and all of a sudden he looked up at me and he's like, Barb, you're a gerontologist and an insurance agent too, right? He said, well, I'm worried about my employee, Bob. He's 69 years old. He's been a loyal employee for 20 years. I would do anything for him. But he lost his wife last year, and it's affecting his work. He's becoming increasingly forgetful. He repeats himself, and he drove our company truck into a wall for the second time this year. I don't know what to do. And as you can imagine, Jeremy, I'm sitting there in shock listening to him. He's sitting there watching me with these really wide eyes just saying, what can I do? So I jumped in and I created a cognitive plan for Bob as best as I could. But I wasn't a financial planner then, so I could only go so far. And I felt like my hands were tied. And in fact, Bob also had age-related money issues on top of his cognitive issues. And so there were more Bobs out there than I could imagine. And over the years, I made the decision. My hands were too tied. I could not help them anymore. So I made the decision to level up and become a financial planner. So I got the training in 2020 to become a financial planner. And as I entered into the financial planning, highly esteemed, highly regarded colleagues who love their clients and do the best to help them struggle a little bit with aging issues, that these are inevitable aging issues, not dementia, so to speak, because we all don't become demented. That's abnormal aging. But I just saw them struggle with some aging issues. And that's when I decided that I, instead of being a planner on my own, was to be one to many and to help financial planners and insurance agents, anybody, any professional who is having a conversation for a client's financial future to help them grow their business and to teach and train and educate them and to coach them on what these aging issues are and the financial and the devastating emotional impact that they can have. And this today is what I do to circle back to your earlier question. This today is what I do is have this online, what I call the aging and money blueprint program, where it teaches money experts, because you're already a money expert, how to become an aging expert. So you'll have a greater sensitivity to these age-related issues that I can promise you are directly going to impact your clients or your bottom line and your client's bottom line. Well, there's so many things with your story and two of them I want to pull out of there is that it wasn't the person experiencing the issues that noticed them, although I'm sure they maybe noticed it somehow, but they mm -hmm. were perhaps to the point where they couldn't change the trajectory or they, they couldn't uh, recognize mm -hmm. the trajectory. So it often takes somebody else to make a plan or spot some things or, or just be a helper to these people, which also exactly. highlights that when you get to that point, it's too late. You've got to do things in advance. So you're doing exactly what you can to help others spot these age-related money issues, to help them make things better for the person that's aging. And of course, as best as possible, do so many things in advance. So I'd like to talk about the Aging and Money Blueprint program next. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So all the advisors listening, uh, hold on. And we're going to talk about that Aging and Money Blueprint program. But from that program, you have a few different modules and there's different kind of issues that come up. 
But three of them we're going to talk to today for everyone listening is females, fraud, and fitness, because there's a lot <laughs> of things that come into play with aging related to mm-hmm. women specifically. Mm-hmm. There is a real fear and reality of frauds uh, that mm-hmm. are out there. And one of the biggest keys to mental health and brain health is related to fitness. So we want to mm-hmm. uh, key in on those three areas. And of course, I'm a guy, you might have guessed that by now. So tell <laughs> me, what are these issues related to aging that women specifically are facing? Well, and, and you hit the nail right on the head, Jeremy, as far as women's issues in aging. So we're all aging, right? Men, women, we're all aging. The minute we're born, in fact, the minute we're not even born, as we're still developing in right. our mom's womb, we're aging right there. And that's just something that's challenging to think about from that perspective. But as we get older, here's the thing for us women, and I felt this way ever since I became a gerontologist 25 years ago. And I was a younger woman back then. I'll do the, I'll do the math for you. I was 33 <laughs> years old back then. I'll do, do the math. 33 years old back then. And it's been 25 years. So I'm 59 years. I'm 59 years old. And back then as a young woman, when I couldn't even conceptualize to me, 40 seemed old, 50 seemed ancient as a 33 year old, that aging is a woman's issue because we live longer. On average, now there's a statistic, seven to eight years longer than men. I beg to differ. I think it's a lot longer, but that's on average that we live longer. So the aging process, and the funny thing about our aging process is the aging process in and of itself creates a greater likelihood of us, women and men, developing chronic diseases. So as you can imagine, if you're living longer you're going to have a greater likelihood of developing more chronic diseases. So by the time we hit age 50, sometimes in our 40s, we've already got at least one chronic disease. And that chronic disease could be high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, diabetes. It could be hypo or hyperactive thyroid. And these diseases can add up over time. So for women, we've got more diseases to think about and to worry about as we grow older. And we can mitigate them as best we can. And we can talk about that later too, if you'd like. There are things that we can do um, under the fitness, but it's a woman's issue. Yeah. And it's, uh, I like to tell people that the longer you live, the worse your health gets and the higher your medical costs. Well, Mm -hmm. that just, uh, all three of those apply to women specifically because they live longer So they have Mm -hmm. more opportunity, like you said, for the health Mm -hmm. to change. And so they are Mm -hmm. the ones faced with not just their own medical costs, but if they're married to a a male, their Mm -hmm. husband probably gets those medical costs first because they had their, uh, you know, they they pass away first, they get their Mm -hmm. health issues first. So they're facing their own health issues, their own higher medical costs after a big chunk of money got taken out of their, their accounts because of the cost that they probably had to pay for their, their husband's care. And so it's just exactly compounding on compounding on compounding. Exactly. You hit the, the nail right on the head. That's exactly what happens. And then we women, that's one of our greatest fears because in my program, I have the focus on aging women's issues, aging men's issues and aging couples issues. And at the top aging women's issues, becoming a bag lady is by far. Like we just, we don't want to be financially destitute. 
And that picture that you just painted is like the perfect storm. Yeah. And it's uh, interesting that you have the image. You mentioned the image because that is certainly out there. I don't know how it got started, but uh, clearly that's an image that women don't want to get to be is become that bag lady. So I'm just going to ask you, we want to make sure each of these areas, we highlight one or two positive tips, things people can do uh, in advance to help mitigate these issues. So I'll just ask you, what's the number one way for women to avoid becoming a bag lady? By far, 100% work with a financial professional, work with a retirement planner, a financial planner, an insurance agent who has, who offers the long-term care products, who offers the life insurance products, the disability products, any of those type of products. Absolutely. That's where you build and generate wealth and having somebody. It's really similar to, and I read this analogy the other day and I thought it was so spot on. It's similar to a caddy with a professional golfer. You know, the professional golfer is so reliant upon, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But when you introduce a caddy, it just ups their game. And that's why caddies often get 10% of a professional golfer's annual earnings because they're that good of a teammate, somebody that's got your back. And to me, a, a retirement planner, a financial professional, an insurance agent, not you're not getting 10% of your client's earnings. That would be a lot of money. Yes. However, outright however, you're as critical because you can see things and you can be that objective third-party person to be those eyes and ears and to offer those tools just like a caddy. Yeah, and when you have that person, uh, an encouragement I give people is to control what you can control, protect what you can't. And there's some things you can control that we'll maybe talk about just down the road here. But you mentioned more on the insurance side where it comes into here because uh, there are things that you can't really plan for because it's probability-based and you can't protect for it. You know, What are the odds that you live a long life? What are the odds that your health uh, changes? What are the odds that your medical costs go up? Those aren't guaranteed, but there are ways that you can kind of protect against those odds. And of course, if you're talking about anything financial, the most efficient way to plan for anything that might happen is mm -hmm. to find a might happen product. And that might happen situation is insurance, whatever it might be. So I appreciate you, you mentioning that. Absolutely. Risk transfer whenever you can, early and often, whenever you can identify that need. Yeah, because you, like you said, you just don't know, and that is the, I mean, that's the definition of of insurance. It's risk. It's risk management, and how can we mitigate risk? And that is one way to do it, is to have those type of products available and to introduce them at the appropriate ages. That's important too. Well, uh, the next thing we want to talk about is spotting frauds or scams, and of course that could be more likely to affect uh, females because it seems as if the scammers are targeting people who are older, perhaps are uh, single. And these are things that, that occur to women uh, more. But before we uh, talk about, I guess, spotting frauds and scams, or maybe as part of that, I just had a phone call recently. Somebody found our number on Google and she called in and she said that uh, somebody called me, said that they need to pay me $100,000 but I had to open a brand new account with them first. And should I do that? And I'd never heard of this 
person before uh, she just found me online. So I, uh, one part of it was well, good for her for finding a legitimate financial advisor to ask that question. Uh, mm -hmm. But my advice to, advice to her was, don't talk to me, call the police immediately uh, and give them all the information that you, you can do uh, about this because it very much seems like a scam. But maybe let's talk through it. What else could I have done in that situation? What else could she have done in that situation? Wow, that's a lot to unpack. You know, I'm going to back up to what you had said in the beginning about women more likely to be frauded. And here is a surprising statistic, Jeremy. It's more men that get frauded than women. Ah, uh, my it's assumptions just, are wrong. It's no, it's it, and it just looks like women get more frauded. I mean, I have a presentation called "The Wolf That Ate Grandma," so it gives the illusion that it's women, but it is interestingly more men that get frauded. So I do want your listeners to know that, and it's not just age sixty-five plus. It is all age groups. In fact, I can give you a quick story on Kylie, and I was in a mastermind group and Kylie was in this mastermind group as well. And there were four of us getting together on a Zoom call. And we had about one hour for that Zoom call. So by the time we got on the call, we were starting the conversations. And when it got to my turn, I was introducing myself, telling everybody what I did, the gerontologist, consultant, and then I give presentations in the community. And one of them is on romance scams. Everybody looked at me and said, romance scams, what's that? And so as I'm describing what a romance scam is, everybody's shaking their heads. Because remember, this is a Zoom call. We could see each other. Except Kylie. She's just staring at me with really super wide eyes. When I finished what a romance scam was, I stared back at Kylie. And, and she finally talked. And she said, Barb, have you ever heard of a cryptocurrency scam? Because I'm pretty sure my girlfriend got involved in a cryptocurrency scam. So she described how her girlfriend had met this guy online. He had convinced her over time to invest $10,000 into cryptocurrency. She got her own user ID and password, Kylie was saying. So it wasn't like she was blindly giving her money to somebody. She was able to log into this account. She watched her money grow. And then over two months, this was going on. And then after two months, he disappeared. Her user ID and password stopped working. She realized she couldn't access anything. She couldn't reach out to him. He had dropped all communications. She realized she lost her $10,000. So Kylie looked back at me and said, Barb, this sounds like a cryptocurrency scam, right? And I'm shaking my head, Jeremy, going, cryptocurrency scam? I've never heard of that without an emotional connection. So I asked Kylie, I said, hey, Kylie, was your friend romantically involved with this guy? Did he tell her that he loved her and that he was always going to take care of her? And she stared at me again and she said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. He did tell her he loved her. He did tell her he was going to take care of her for the rest of her life. So after that, I encouraged Kylie to call her friend and to report it to the FBI. Whereas with your story, you encourage the police. Here's the thing. We think about the police at a local level. But when it's over the phone, when it's online, when it's something like that, we go to federal authorities because they have database and they share that database with our local authorities without getting into too much depth. So the FBI has what they call an IC3 reporting mechanism. It's Internet Crime Complaint Center. Uh, and that's where you can go and report something like that. So 
guess how old Kylie's friend is. I'm guessing younger. What do you think? Let's go with 33. The age she became a gerontologist. <laughs> You're close. So she's 30. Yeah. She's 30. Yeah. And so the research has from age 30 to 39 and age 60 to 69, at least this was the Federal Trade Communication a couple of years ago when they put out a chart of all age groups. Those are the ones that, that lose the most money, mm-hmm. lost the most money in fraud. But it's those aged 80, 85 and up that lose the greatest amount on average of money. So getting back to your conversation with this person who had contacted you hats off to her that she knew something was wrong. She found you as a bona fide professional retirement specialist to figure out what was going on. And was this something that she should do? And in that type of a situation, absolutely contact the FBI and to know for your listeners and the advisors as well to know that this happens all the time. Fraud is happening all the time. And it's just that we don't always recognize it as fraud. We think that somebody is contacting us and if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is, but it just depends on the age of that person. It depends on the situation of that person. It depends on a lot of factors. Yeah, you got it. And I appreciate you busting uh, the assumptions I had. I'm hoping that others had those as well. So I'm not feeling alone here. Uh, please don't highlighting no, please don't. <laughs> yeah highlighting it, it's it's not necessarily an age thing and the stats are that that men get scammed more often than that women uh probably because men are less likely to talk about it perhaps i think that's maybe a a large advantage uh, for females is they're more likely to perhaps confide in somebody trusted like this lady did in our uh, example there and of course your story yeah. mentioned on how most of these frauds pull on some level of emotion uh, so that's something to be aware of for anybody. So I've got to ask you, what's the number one way to avoid getting scammed as you get older? It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Oof, the number one way. You know, there's so many factors. I mean, if I were to pull one thing, it would be question everything, question authority, because oftentimes scammers act as authority figures, act as financial professionals, act as government officials, and even your family. 61% of fraud is committed by your family. So it's just questioning authority and it's having a professional. My first question oftentimes is, who's your financial planner? Because I hear these stories, as you can imagine, all the time. So I ask the person that I'm talking to, who's your financial planner? Who's your financial advisor? Do you have one? And when they say yes, then we have that conversation with talking to your financial professional. That's really somebody you want to have in your back pocket. It's You want to surround yourself with people that will be your eyes and ears. And that is where a financial professional and insurance professional is so beautifully suited to be that person, to be that set of eyes and ears. 
because money is personal. So I know I kind of deviated off of what's the number one for fraud, but really questioning authority and then also having that professional that you've got that relationship with, that they know you, that they're your second set of eyes and ears. Yeah, you got it. And I think the next one is definitely some of these, uh, what we've talked about so far are things you gotta be aware of, but haven't applied to everybody. Uh, thankfully, thankfully not everybody is getting scammed or, or defrauded, but everyone should be aware of it. This one definitely applies to everybody. Uh, the idea of fitness, because you mentioned earlier, you're aging from before the time you're born. Although, uh, for the first quarter or so of your life, the aging process is kind of the building up of your cells and your body. And then everything after that is generally kind of the breaking down of cells and your body. And that's why people are concerned about exercise and mobility. Mobility is such a good word. I think you can talk a little bit more about that, but tell me about fitness exercise and maybe key in on the word mobility and why that's so important. I definitely can do that. So here's the thing as we age and you said that perfectly as far as when we're born, when we're young, we are, we're growing into our body. We're growing into our brain cells. You know, we're, we're forming and we're still growing and really we peak depending on the research, which scientific research you look at our brain cells peak at age 30. And then we start to lose those brain cells, you know, just slowly and over time. And then over time we start to experience diminished physical or biophysical processes just start to decline. And that's a part of our aging process. And there's aging theories out there, you know, the wear and tear theory, which just simply means your body is like a car and it just breaks down over time. And we can only replace so many things in our body before the entire body in and of itself wears down. But we have our physical part of our body that just our muscle mass starts to decline, our strength declines, our endurance declines. And there are words for that that we use that one of them to me is super important for financial and insurance professionals to know. And people that are listening who aren't industry professionals is becoming more frail as we get older. And now what do I mean by frailty? Well, that's a good question because in the medical community, they still have a hard time defining what frailty is. But here is a very interesting thing that I heard from geriatricians. Remember, geriatricians are medical doctors that go to medical school and then they learn about the aging body and all that. With frailty is what they said a long time ago in very few say this now because it's hope so hard to define. It's so hard to recognize that they say frailty is a little like pornography. It's like, you know it when you see it. But the thing is, this is 2023 and they're still having a hard time defining frailty. And when you as a financial professional or an insurance professional are watching your clients over time, losing muscle mass, losing their endurance, slowing down, their walking slows down. Maybe you notice them a little imbalanced. Maybe you want to jump up from your chair and grab their arm, right? And help them sit down in a chair. It's things like that, that we really, really need to watch for. And those are the signs that lead toward frailty and frailty. Oh gosh, like a, like a layman's definition of frailty is, is when a body is so weak that any type of an internal or external force upon it is going to cause it to break. 
And that's what you don't want to have happen to your clients. And that's what those who aren't professionals, that's what you don't want to have happen to yourself. And oftentimes when we are not aware or very self-aware of our own aging process, these things creep up on us. And then you'll hear people say, oh, I just, today I felt really old. Well, we've been aging every day. It's just becoming more aware of it. So the mobility, and when you think about mobility, so let's go to mobility here on tying this all together. Mobility is our opportunity on our ability to be able to take care of ourselves, right? To be independent, to live in our home, to do all of our activities of daily living, brushing our hair, brushing our teeth, you know, doing things like that taking a shower, self-care, or doing our independent activities of daily living, going grocery shopping, managing our own medications, right? Getting in and out of a chair, getting in and out of our car. When we start to decrease, lose our ability to be mobile, those are the things that set us up for looking at future skilled nursing, future custodial care, which are retirement homes where you can't do your own activities of daily living like taking a shower and brushing your teeth and things like that. So that mobility becomes really, really important as we age. And when you don't have that mobility, you have other people come in to help you. And therein becoming, you can become a little more maybe cognitively impaired. Maybe not everybody who's got limited mobility is cognitively impaired or developing early stages Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. But it kind of goes hand in hand. So that's some frailty. And then the sarcopenia is another word, a fancy word that just simply means that loss of muscle mass. When you combine it with not having very good walking, which we call gait, when we have not very good balance where you, you know, feel like you're teeter totter and you're going to fall down. And when you have diminished muscle mass, then they're in is the beginning of needing that long-term care if you don't stop it. And there are absolutely ways you can stop it. Absolutely ways. And we could talk about that. There are plus sides to aging. Yeah, there's definitely. And, and while we're talking about this, this mobility works, I feel like that's just one to key on. And just your ability to get around, I think that's maybe a, a sign of how your physical health is changing. Mm-hmm. And of course, your own mm-hmm. fitness, your own exercise habits can certainly delay or mitigate that. I'm also guessing mm-hmm. too, that not being able to get around, especially when you've had a lifetime of getting around, uh, mm-hmm. is probably just like a mental health detractor. You know, just I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, self-worth and self-identity and just even inability to interact with others that happen when you have decreased mobility. And so anything you can do mm-hmm. to keep your mobility going uh, is such a huge help. And I'm just gonna relate a couple uh, stories here before I ask you a, a final question on this this area. Uh, but one of them is related to a client I had a few years back where they had plenty of money. They had uh, enough money, they weren't spending it, and they were basically homebound. And so we would go to their house to help them out. And they were fortunate enough mm. uh, to have this money. So they went and they uh, had a ramp built. You know, this is an older house where you have the steps going in, three or four steps to get into the house. So good mm-hmm. for them for, for spending some money to have a ramp because it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to kind of shuffle up the ramp. Uh, they didn't even have a wheelchair. Just they needed the easier guidance themselves to get into their, their house. So good for them for that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet they also had all the bathrooms on the second floor and 
imagine mm-hmm. if they have that much trouble getting into three or four steps into their house, one thing that they would not do is spend the money to create a bathroom in the first floor. And that just felt like a, just a shame to me that they wow. had not prepared themselves in advance uh, mm-hmm. for this inability to, to get around. So that's just an encouragement for anyone who's listening. Uh, when you're listening and you're 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever age you are, that you're in advance of these mobility issues to just plan ahead to make sure that you've got this ability later on. And the other part is just to be aware of how others might be needing to live their lives or even maybe some inabilities for them to do things in a certain way you do. And of course, uh, these days, the word inclusive is around a lot, which is a, a good thing. And I think inclusive is just being empathetic or aware of how others might feel or approach things. And I've just got to admit my own uh, issue here where we had these uh, chairs in our in our waiting room uh, at our mm-hmm. office. And mm-hmm. uh, I pride myself on trying to s- see things through the client's perspective. So every so often I try to sit in the client's chair where they sit and I, I walk in, I try to come with a fresh eyes. Uh, but mm-hmm. one thing I fail to ever do for some reason is actually sit in the lobby chairs. And it turned out these lobby chairs are low and very soft. And of course, mm-hmm. uh, certain clients uh, have an issue with that. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. of one lady in particular, thank goodness this lady said, Jeremy, you got to change these chairs out. So I appreciate her awakening my eyes. And so now we have higher chairs, harder chairs. Uh, but just as anybody, if you're having your parents over, if you are a business owner, to think through of ways that you can be more inclusive by recognizing some people might not have the mobility that you have. So just prepare for yourself and take care of others, I think is the way to, to go with this mobility issue. Uh, but to wrap things up uh, with the fitness areas, I ask you, what's the number one way to stay healthy and active as you get older? Well, first of all, can I say that those are great stories? I love the story. And it also broke my heart about your clients who created the ramp, you know, so they modified their home because they wanted an Asian place at home, which is a great thing. And the majority, the vast majority of people want to do that, but that they didn't put a bathroom on the lower level. That's so crazy. So I'm envisioning them walking up these stairs, you know, in, in an already imbalanced situation. And I'm cringing thinking, oh no, what are they going to fall? I would just, it's just, it's just waiting for that shoe to drop. Can you imagine being the adult child of that couple and watching them? I mean, I've, I've known a lot of people that are like that and they're just waiting for their parents to fall. So you're right. You need to definitely plan ahead for those issues and, and for the, for the professionals to have those annual conversations with their clients. Do they want an agent place? Do they not want agent place? What if they can't agent place? What when it becomes the time where they can't age in place? So just hats off to that story. And then the other one for you sitting in your client's chairs and recognizing that they're low and they're very soft and that it is hard for people to get in and out of chairs. That's actually one of the key indicators for frailty. It's called uh, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit. That and grip strength. So just kind of wanted to throw those in there. You got um, it. As, as far as the top thing that you can do, by far, exercise and diet, by far, exercise. And not only exercise, and, and what I kind of twig people in on, as we get older, because we are experiencing normal age-related declines with our cognitive 
health, right? So all our brains are just slowing down, not dementia, that's abnormal, but just slowing down on average. So in order to keep sharp, what I often recommend is any type of an activity that can connect both the mind and the body. So you're doing a physical activity that also challenges you mentally. That's your ideal. And in my research and what I found is martial arts, believe it or not. So within martial arts, specifically Qigong, specifically Tai Chi, and I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I didn't start that until late, later in my life. And that is a form of human chess. <laughs> so you don't start off heavy, but you definitely, you know, you are definitely challenged physically. And it is a form of chess because you're always thinking and you have to be present in the moment. So not everybody has to run out and do Qigong or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Tai Chi or anything like that. Just suggesting that any type of a mind-body connection is optimal. So as far as exercising goes, so really any type of a, an exercising plan and definitely include weightlifting. We need that weight bearing, especially for us women, because we are a little more inclined to develop osteoporosis. And true story, one of the women that is, she's 70 years old. She's a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She told me that she reversed about 65% of her own osteoporosis because of her training, which I that was incredible incredible yeah, that's great that's a good encouragement for people yourself encouragement to say that you uh started later on with brazilian jiu-jitsu but then this lady who has documented uh, evidence of how it's helping her her own osteoporosis uh, on there good well i've got Definitely. one more i've got one more oh, question for you barb uh but before that uh tell us what's the best way for people to reach out to you and especially for the advisors how can they get into the aging and money blueprint program. We've talked through a few of those modules that are there, but how would they sign up if they want to become an aging expert in addition to a money expert? Well, they could definitely contact me. And might I go back and just quickly say the exercise and the diet. And as far as the best diet that's out there, as far as the research goes, is the Mediterranean diet. So I did want to get that in there. There's another diet in there called the mind diet, M-I-N-D, like our mind, our brain. It's the mind diet. That's a modified version of the Mediterranean diet. Uh, but that one is a really good one as well. So for people that want to know more about what I do, my program, absolutely. They can email me, Barbara at interruptingaging.com, or they can go to my website, which is www.interruptingaging.com. That emailing me directly is the best way. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook as well. Excellent. We'll put all those in there. And especially for uh, the advisors that said, well, this is absolutely things that I'm coming across with my clients. I need to learn more. I need to become an aging expert. We'll have a link to that aging and money program. I'd uh, love for you to. to. You've already got such a great, I love that you put yourself in your client's shoes. I just absolutely love that, Jeremy, that you sat in your client's chairs. <laughs> Trying so to be. Can... Well, I sat in all of them except for the one. <laughs> and so thank goodness my client uh, spoke her mind. Good for her for, for telling me. And yes. of course, uh, we thankfully listened. And uh, thankfully, she told me this right around Black Friday. So the um, uh, the chairs <laughs> were on sale. So we even were taking care of our money as well, too. Good. I love it. As a, as a perfect financial advisor, you're exactly. always watching. You're watching the pennies and the dollars will follow. That's right. Oh, that's a good one. I got to remember that. 
All right, Barb, uh, final question for you. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is Ready to Clean. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's funny. Um, what about me that few people know? I recently became a grandma. Oh, that's amazing. Good for you. I did, yeah, he is one year old. He is a one year old. And I am absolutely through the moon. I wasn't sure if I'd ever become a grandma. It was that's the kid's choice. My, my children's choice, right? It's our kid's choice. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't want to like tell our kids what to do, so to speak, but I recently became a grandma and that not only completely changed me and actually part of the trajectory of what I do as a, a gerontologist consultant and everything, but it also gave a whole new for me, uh, language for a grandparent fraud and yes. grandparents. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm actually in the shoes of being this grandparent and it just, just particularly made it, uh, even more, uh, just, yeah. So that, that is something that not a lot of people know about. I mean, I try to sing it from the high heavens, but, um, <laughs> but oh, that is great. something that, yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it's amazing. It's joyful. Yeah. Well, good for you. Congrats on being a uh, grandma. Thanks for being on the program too. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do, for what you, you know, what you're offering your clients. You're there, you're a support, you're a second set of eyes and ears. I mean, I, I really can't uplift and elevate the financial and insurance professionals because of your necessary work, because of what I forgot to say earlier, that $84 trillion that's being transferred to future generations right now for the next 25 years, people need to work with a financial professional more than ever. Yeah, definitely. And uh, of course, we talked about the frauds and scams earlier, and you're better off having that money go to the people you want it to go to than somebody else. Good. Well, well thank you, Barbara. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.